Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good, my friends. This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Thrilled to have you guys with us, as is always the case. We appreciate you. Hello to everyone on the YouTube page. Great to see you. We're on YouTube as well. Uh, Just go to your YouTube app, The Fan Upstate. We're right there. You'll see Diesel and I in all of our glory rolling up. I don't know how Diesel's getting away with a a T-shirt today. Uh, This Florida boy is freezing cold. Freezing cold. Mild, they tell me. The winners are mild. You know, they, they told you the chicken wing is mild, too, before you realize there's ghost pepper in it. Okay? We had ghost pepper wings on Saturday night. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. Oh, it's mild, they yeah. say. Start so, slow. Builds and gets worse and worse and worse as you go through it. The chicken wings are mild. The chicken wings are mild. The winner here is mild. Right. Right. Remind me never to listen to your mild again. Uh, heard <laughs> Mild. Uh, heard from uh, Beth Bibb, who we sent us an email. She says, Mark, a million miles away. Loved it. Thanks for the recommendation. Love your show, too. Skull Vikings. Diesel, what does skull mean? It's a Viking term. Uh, the you know, Am I saying that right? Skull? Yeah, skull. Uh, okay. It's like, it, I think it's like cheers. It's used to express friendly feelings towards one's companions before drinking. So it's cheers. Okay. It's cheers in ancient Norse. I don't know. There you go. There you go. Okay. So, folks, we are jam-packed on a Monday edition of the show. All right. Uh, We've got all that you want on Clemson and South Carolina. All right. We've got Jim Zoki joining us at 3.40 p.m. Yet another Carolina Panthers loss is in the books. We've got the most unlikable. People in college football. Who are the most unlikable personalities in college football? All right? And I I put this together from a different standpoint. All right? I'll tell you what's interesting about that topic, Diesel. If you make it most hated guys in college football, that means that other people hate them, but you don't necessarily hate them. They're just most hated. But when you say most unlikable, that's a level that's a level below most hated, right? Because you know, hated just means people hate you whether whether they have reason to hate you or not, right? 
unlikable means to me that that cuts deeper than uh, than most hated, right? Like I some well, some would say I, I I would like to be the most hated sports radio show host in the Upstate, but like most unlikable, ooh. <laughs> I mean, if you're unlikable, how did you ever find a wife? You know, how did you ever date anybody if you're unlikable? Uh, so we'll do that at 4 o'clock p.m. today. We've got a coach's hot seat in our unique offsides way coming your way at 4.20 p.m. Chris Phillips joins us this afternoon. We've got the top five at five. We've got Cole Bryson on a whole host of upsets over the high school football weekend. We've got Mark and Diesel's playoff four, the four teams that ultimately will make the college football playoff this year. And we have you. Here on the most interactive sports radio show anywhere. Great to hear from you. Great to have you on the show this afternoon. Let us open with this. I got a text from Diesel on Saturday that implied <laughs> that uh, that Clemson wasn't that was in trouble for, against Georgia Tech. Yes, yes, this is. No, I never implied that they were in trouble. I read the fact. That they were what? They had seven plays from scrimmage with only eight yards. Yeah. And I said, this may not be going as well as you think it is. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, uh, I'm thinking they're not back, Clemson. I'm thinking they're not back. Well, who knows if they're back, right? We don't know. But we did say last week, folks, that in our opinion, Clemson had flipped a switch, they had taken, they had leveled up. They had taken the next step. They had they appeared as though, right, that um, at home anyway, that they were riding a wave of momentum, that they really cared, that they had, you know, really taken a jump against Notre Dame. And that kind of jump doesn't happen overnight, and it also doesn't dissipate overnight. And did we ever see that against Georgia Tech? How many of you guys... Did I warn last week when we were doing the upset picks challenge? Um, how many of you did I warn? Don't pick Georgia Tech over Clemson. That's a waste of a pick. It's a waste of a pick. And yet we had double-digit offsiders pick Georgia Tech over Clemson as their upset pick. Your hatred of Clemson led you astray. And even though the unbiased hosts of this show, Mark and Diesel tried to warn you, you foolishly took them anyway. For shame, for shame, for shame. Uh, I, I will not understand the how or why of that, but gosh, folks, Clemson right now looks very, very much like a top 25 team. They outgained Georgia Tech 465 to 254. Now, Georgia Tech's defense has struggled the entire season. It's the offense that was something to behold. It's the offense that had kept them in every single game. Oh, Mark Ryan, look at this Yellow Jacket, off- Yellow Jacket offense. They have scored 40 points plus in their last two games, 45 plus points in their last two games. Clemson is in trouble, you said. I chortled at that. I laughed at that because defense is the great equalizer. And how about... These stats, right? Only two players in college football this year to have 500 rushing yards, 
over 2,000 yards passing, over 20 touchdown passes. Who are they? Haynes King and Jaden Daniels. Well, what happens when you put Haynes King up against a great defense? Here's what happens. All right. Haynes King, 500 yards rushing in nine games this year. So he's averaging 60 yards plus rushing a game against Clemson. Wait for it. Minus three rushing yards. Oh, that's so impressive, isn't it? Haynes King passing. One of only two players to hit that, to hit those milestones, right? 13 for 31 through the air. 129 yards passing, two touchdown passes, but four, count them, four interceptions. Four. A QBR, wait for it, of 10. (laughs) His QBR in the game was 10. How about that? And look, Clemson is coaching Cade Klubnik a lot like they were coaching DJ Uyunglele. They're kind of coaching him through a game manager phase. But Cade Klubnik is now playing well at home in that game manager phase. 205 yards passing, 23 of 34. Four touchdowns, one pick, and a QBR of 75.2. Now, remember, a QBR of 50 is average. Haynes King had a 10. Cade Klubnik had a 75.2 which in an offense, admittedly, that is designed around limiting mistakes for him, is great. He's playing great in this risk-averse offense. Then you had Phil Maffa and Will Shipley go for a combined 172 yards en route to 260 yards rushing, 5.9 yards a carry, And Clemson made Georgia Tech look like the minor league team that they are. I was getting Georgia Tech fans coming at me last week saying, whoa, 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 where are the Yeller Jackets in your top five of the ACC? You see, I do these um, college football Saturday takeaways on, uh, on, on Sunday morning, and I do that as a tip of the cap to my guy Booger McFarland, who used to do those. And I'll tell you what, um, I, I didn't get hear from a single Yellow Jacket fan yesterday. I said, beat Clemson, you'll be in the top five in the ACC. But you got to beat Clemson to do it. Amazing how they just go away, how they just disappear, how there's no one yelling at me anymore to make sure you have your Yellow Jackets in the top, in the top five. Folks, uh, Clemson is peaking at the right time. All right? And you might remember, if you watch the show Game of Thrones, Arya Stark, when she was fending off a villain that was hell-bent on killing her family, all right, she said, not today. To all of those people who announced that the wheels were coming off for Clemson, I say to you, not today. Dabo Sweeney has his Tigers poised to finish in the top 25 this season. They've got two games remaining against the Carolinas. All right, they play the Carolinas, north and south, and only one plays, neither one plays on both sides of the ball. Both of those teams play only on one side of the ball. And if you spell out North Carolina, and if you spell out South Carolina, is there any D to be found when you spell those names out? No, no, I I don't see a D in, in either name. I don't see a D in either game. 
And so I like Clemson, frankly, to win both games between them to end the year. A lot of people were delighting in the demise of Clemson. Uh, and yet again, one of Dabo's best traits, circling the wagons, getting them, getting them to play their butts off, all right, even though their goals at the beginning of the year were off the table. I know win the state is one of them. I know they want to win the state. I know they can still win the state, right? But come on. We identified success at the beginning of this season as making the college football playoff. They can't do that. Winning the ACC this year wouldn't have been good enough. They can't do that, right? If you said at the beginning of the year Clemson is in the top 25 again, right? That's nothing to celebrate. But you can't say fully the wheels fell off for for Clemson with that being the case. The wheels fell off for South Carolina to get them to 2-6. and six. The wheels fell off for the Florida Gators on Saturday. Diesel, for the first time in the history of the Florida Gator program, they gave up 700 yards of offense. Jaden Daniels had 606 yards of offense by himself. Uh, that's the, the greatest offensive output by a single player. Yeah. In SEC football history. I think the most fight you put up was was that one play off to the sidelines. Yeah, that's people right. people were throwing fists. That's right. That's right. Um, look, you could have fooled me if, if uh, you were telling me Clemson is checked out of this season. Could have fooled me. You get them in front of Death Valley. You get them in front of that crowd and the intensity. Could have fooled me by people saying Clemson is checked out of the season. And while I'm here, can I just say... Did you see that catch by Tyler Brown of Greenville? Tyler Brown of Greenville High School. This ball, Diesel, was caught. <laughs> that ball was caught, okay, for a touchdown by true freshman Tyler Brown and his band of renowned. Okay, uh, absolutely, positively incredible. And if there's one thing we can say about this season, it's that Tyler is the MVP of the 2023 Tigers. It's just that I don't know which Tyler it is. Is it Tyler Brown or is it Tyler from Spartanburg? Because the more that I watch this Clemson team and I consider the when behind when they have taken this leap, you trace it right back to Tyler from Spartanburg. Dabo Sweeney's like, this morning at 9, 10 a.m., I activated myself. That's right. Tyler from Spartanburg, hit the activation <laughs> button. I love my job. Tyler Brown, making miracle catches. Clemson, looking the way we thought they might look at the beginning of the season. You know, if they had only started the season like this, but it just, you know, Cade Klubnick, new starter, new offense. It took more time than folks thought. You know, guys like Lawton Swan told me that he thought Clemson was close, and I laughed at him. I still don't know if they're close. Kelly Ford will join us on um, Wednesday, Diesel, and I think he's going to tell us that there's less than a 50-50 shot that Clemson will run the table, and they just have two games left, North Carolina, South Carolina. He's going to tell us they got a 62% chance to beat North Carolina, 69% chance to beat South Carolina. Combine those two odds through a little ditty called binomial probability. He's going to tell us that there's less than a 50-50 shot. Clemson will run the table, um, but man. Does this look like a totally different team? And you know who knows it? The odds makers know it. 
The odds makers know it. The odds makers made Clemson a 14-plus point favorite against Georgia Tech. You right? The odds makers are making Clemson a massive favorite week in and week out. You know, they're a favorite right now about a touchdown over North Carolina. North Carolina's 8-2 and two and in the top 25. Clemson is 6-4 and four outside of the top 25. Okay? 6-4 and four and unranked, 8-2 and two and ranked. Vegas is saying Clemson is significantly better. Significantly better. But what say you guys about that? What say you? Mongo says Clemson fans are close to their cousins. Mongo, come on, man. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Solid burn, Mongo. All right. Coming up next on the show, we, my friends, flip the script over to the Gamecocks, who had something to be proud of themselves. I'll tell you why. When Offsides continues, right after this, we are the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the Fan Upstate. A quick check on the carpro.com text line. Great to see you guys lighten us up there. Brian from Easley. Hi, guys. I heard that Mark is taking the A&M coaching job. Um, Brian, I like my life. Why would I do something like that? Why would I do something like that? Why do you want to wish that pain on me, taking the A&M Texas job? Jimbo Fisher fired. Why? Because he's making twice as much as Kevin Sumlin to produce the same results that Clemson that that Kevin Sumlin got. Yeah, that's that's going to be a problem. Can you believe they're eating 76.8 million dollars? This is a totally different world of college football. Man. I remember asking and you could probably pull his name out of the ether, the Texas A&M beat writer that we had on at the beginning of the season. I remember asking him if Josh Beard. if this is not going to work out, will A&M make the same mistake again? and throw a ridiculous amount of money at someone. And he said, oh, yeah, definitely. It's going to happen again. They're going to throw a tremendous amount of money at the wrong guy. They will not learn their lesson. They will make the same mistake again. You know why? Because they got it. They got the cash. Still, I don't think any of us realized just how hot his seat was. You know, I thought it was possible at the end of the year. Not right now. But you know what they say, Diesel, and Zach Arnett, uh, Mississippi State, lost his gig as well. You know, I understand why 
People say, you know, if you know it must be done eventually, it needs to be done immediately, right? What must be done eventually should be done immediately. In other words, if you're in a relationship and you know that she's not the right one for you or he's not the right one for you, um, stop spinning your wheels. End it. Move on. Move on. Uh, I was dating a girl in college for three months, okay, three months. Um, she said something I, I perceived as racist, right? Like she said something along the lines of, um, you know, I, I don't even want to go there. But uh, she like it was it was hanging out or spending time in the home with certain people. And I deemed that to be racist. And I thought about it overnight, ended it the next day. You know, it's like what must be done eventually should be done immediately. Right. You know, Jimbo Fisher's not the guy. Why wait? You know, Zach Arnett's not the guy. Why wait? Why do that? Tiger fan Clint says, I don't blame Diesel a bit for that take. If we are honest, most of us felt the same way at that point. Tiger fan Clint, I didn't. You you guys thought Georgia Tech was going to win that game? Uh, Texter says, you literally told everybody to stop picking Georgia Tech. You're not, all, you're not right often, Mark Ryan, but every once in a while, just kidding, you're right more than wrong. Yeah, the wrong goes viral. The rights get crickets, right? But we are right more than we are wrong. Uh, Boom, out of here. Texter says, South Carolina has won the game this year has won their last game this year, and I'm a Carolina fan. I'm not sure what that means, Texter. Our fans suck. He's trying to say that South Carolina is not going to win another game this year. Oh, they won said we've won our last game this year. Oh, and he's going to lose the last two. Oh, I see that. I see what he our said. Okay. fans suck. Okay. Uh, you used the wrong there there, Texter, and that threw me. That threw me. Okay. Uh, Texter says, Mark, Clemson has the number sixth-ranked defense in the country. The Gamecocks haven't played anyone with a higher-ranked defense this year. Let's get to Dewey in Spartanburg, who has been hanging patiently on the line. Dewey, what's good, brother? How are you? I'm good. You need to stop talking trash about the Gamecocks. Or else what? They won against Vanderbilt, and they're going to win against the next two teams, and they're going to 12-0 next year. Shane Beamer forever. I think we've got this guy now. Uh, thank you for the call, Dewey. I think we've got this guy now that's trolling us, Diesel. At least he's trolling us. Well, Shane and Beamer forever is 100% going to be a drop. Thank you, Dewey. Yeah, Shane Beamer forever. Uh, yeah, you're right. Good call. <laughs> Good call. Thank you for giving us something. So we got this dude who we think is a cloaked Clemson fan mm-hmm. who calls in and just extols false virtues of Shane Beamer, right? He's the man. If he can't do it, nobody can. And we heard from him a couple times last week. Dewey and Spartberg making his voice heard. You guys, you Gamecock fans don't feel that way about Beamer, do you? You don't really feel that way. It's amazing how fast the shine has fallen off that apple. It, it, well, it is. For, it is. For not, not, a, not a, I wouldn't say a large percentage. I wouldn't say a majority of the fan base is out on Shane Beamer. But a significant portion, 25%. 25% are already saying, I don't think this guy's going to work out. He sucks. we got to get him out of here. we got to move on to somebody else. Well, let's focus on this. South Carolina put together its best performance of the season on Saturday. All right? Best performance of the season. Um, in a game that Vegas gave very similar odds to South Carolina for the Vanderbilt and Jacksonville State, the odds for the Gamecocks to win those games was virtually identical. The lines were virtually identical. 
South Carolina showed a major step up last week. Yeah, it is Vanderbilt. Okay, I know it was just Vandy, but it was also their first complete performance of the season. All season. All right? They didn't look like that against Furman. Seriously, look at the score. 47-21, 47-6 against an SEC team. So I give South Carolina a lot of credit for putting together a total team performance. What did they do on Saturday that they hadn't done previously? They ran the football. They stopped the run. They played very, very, very good defense. Who had South Carolina allowing single-digit points on their bingo card? (laughs) This is a great day, isn't it, fellas? It was a great day, and they did it. 487 yards of offense to 234 we uh, they outrushed Vanderbilt 136 to 130. Vanderbilt came in the best unit on Vanderbilt's team was the passing attack, right? They were this is it's sad that this is the best, but they were 63rd in America in passing. Vanderbilt was their best unit, okay? And they passed for 104 yards against South Carolina's defense in this game. I'm not sure if Clayton White wants to have a how you like me now moment flex against Vanderbilt. I'm not sure if that's really going to go over too well. But South Carolina played really well in that game. And they've got Kentucky coming to town this week. And, folks, I think the wrong team is favored. Uh, Kentucky, the line I saw was two and a half points. Kentucky's favored by. I think the wrong team is favored. Kentucky's coming off a bludgeoning, a beatdown at the hands of Alabama. They're battered and bruised. They don't have really much left, much else to play for. They're going on south. They're going on the road to South Carolina, playing for their bowl lives. Uh, you know, spurred on by the energy of this crowd. Didn't seem like there were many at uh, Williams Bryce Stadium on Saturday. Diesel, you know why? Uh, it was 58 degrees. They they don't. You know, Gamecocks go back into their hen house when it's uh, when it's drizzling and when it's 58 degrees. They don't like to be seen out in that kind of weather. But South Carolina, with or without their fans, controlled that game beginning to end and showed themselves to be significantly. I mean, you didn't know that before that game, did you? You didn't know that South Carolina was significantly above the bottom of the SEC. Florida beat Vanderbilt 37-17 by 20. South Carolina beat them by 41 like a drum. So I give the Gamecocks a ton of credit for putting together their first complete performance of the entire year. Well done. Bravo. And I think South Carolina and Kentucky are trending in totally opposite directions. If you asked me a month ago, I said no chance. Where is Kentucky sound and solid on the lines? Offensive line, defensive line. Where is South Carolina weak? On the lines, offensive line and defensive line. They don't have it up front to beat Kentucky. That's what I would have told you a month ago. Now you got a team suddenly finding its run defense, suddenly finding its run offense, protecting uh, Spencer Rattler well enough to, to move the ball through the air. You got an efficient offense. You've got an improved defensive effort. All right. That could springboard South Carolina 
to a matchup with Clemson with bowl eligibility on the line. Mongo says, Mark is such a Gamecock homer. <laughs> I like this trend out of you, Mongo. Anytime um, he talks about any team. Yeah. He called you a Furman homer. He's called you a Clemson homer. He's called you a Gamecock homer. I, I, like, I like that, Mongo. I can, <laughs> I can deal with that. You know, it's better than everyone thinking I hate their team. Right? Bongo, Bongo. I can't remember his name. Diesel, I, I got to tell you this uh, today, I and mean, this just go, goes to show you that you get this from all angles, right? Like I tweeted, I tweeted this yesterday about the Gators. I said I've been preaching patience to Gator fans about the Billy Napier regime. I can do so no longer. It's one thing to lose, but the last two weeks, Gator Nation has been embarrassed and humiliated. And I said Napier no longer has four years. It's eight wins next season. Or else. You can't embarrass the fan base. You can't, like, did you see what Arkansas did this weekend? Like, Arkansas got boat raced at home by Auburn, who also sucks. Okay? Arkansas lost to Auburn 42-10. to Arkansas, without another win in the SEC, beat Florida last week. That's an embarrassment. Then Florida gives up a school record number of yards. 700 yards. I don't give a rip how good... Jaden Daniels is, let me tell you something about this Florida defensive effort. They gave up 11.3 yards a play. A few years ago, Florida played at LSU when Joe Burrow was the quarterback. They gave up 9.8 yards a play. And I said, I hope I never see a worse defensive performance in my life. 2023 said, hold my beer. Here it is. It's worse. One thing to lose, you can't embarrass the fan base. You can't look like you didn't practice or prepare for the game all week long. So I said that, right? And I got a Gator, somebody on Twitter, saying to me after I say that, Diesel, Napier's got to win eight games next year. He goes, and you are? Question mark. Okay. Right? I mean, so you hear that from Gator fans, and I'm a Gator alum. You hear that from Gamecock fans. Hear that from Clemson fans. Right? Happy to be a Furman homer. Happy to be a Furman homer. Homer. Uh, Texter says Florida still scored a lot of points. Yeah. What does it mean that we're the biggest loser? Uh, Mark, my girls just said go Dins. Great win for the Furman Paladins over the weekend as well. Their first outright SOCON championship since 1990. 1990. Mongo says uh, the caller has to be Johnny Carrots in disguise. Ooh, that's an interesting subplot. That was buffoonery. That was complete and total buffoonery. Uh, Mongo also says the 25% who want Beamer out are morons. Uh, they have a hard time knowing doo-doo from apple butter. Texter says, I trust in Beamer's tears. Uh, guys, I don't know if uh, I, I, I do not believe I shared this with you yet, but I do have uh, my year three kind of report card for Shane Beamer to share with you. Okay, my year three report card. What Beamer is doing well and where he needs to improve. Okay, now, if you are a Gamecock fan, spread the gospel of offsides that this is very, very fair, especially if you actually believe it's fair. Spread the gospel. What Shane Beamer is doing well, number one, culture building. Culture building, creating an atmosphere of accountability. You're not hearing of Gamecocks left and right running afoul of the law, of the program, late hits out of bounds, all of these things that plague the Will Muschamp team. He's culture building. 
He's got a team playing for nothing but playing with a lot of pride. That's culture, right? Number two, he is recruiting well. Not so much significantly above the level of his predecessors. Pretty similar to the level of Will Muschamp. Pretty similar to the level of Steve Spurrier. But he is exceeding them in the blue chip ratio. They've never hit the blue chip ratio. Beamer is hitting the blue chip ratio. Beamer is putting a super talented team together. Okay? So the talent level is increasing by Shane Beamer. And number three, all right, what he's doing is he's got the buy-in of the fan base or the vast majority of the fan base. Believe me when I tell you this. I have learned this the hard way. You guys will defend Shane Beamer to the death. You will. You know, he is yours. He chose you. And even though he might be the crazy uncle, he's your crazy uncle. Right? And because he chose you and he's been loyal to you and he wants to be there and you haven't had a long-term winning coach who truly wants to be there, you choose him day after day after ever-loving day. It's freaking Beamer. What does Shane Beamer need to improve upon? I don't know. Start acting like the job title that you have. You're the CEO of Gamecocks football. In many cases, you act like a petulant child. Okay? Whining. Got a bunch of miserable fans. We will celebrate Jacksonville State win like heck. Got a bunch of miserable people out here. Find some joy. Popping off at radio hosts. If you know of one he popped off at, please let me know. Like, he needs to start acting like a CEO. You know, the top 10 coaches in college football don't pop off at radio hosts. They're busy game planning. You know, the top 10 coaches in college football don't care about what other people think. I do a better job of not caring what other people think of me than what Shane Beamer does. I do a better job of that. How about that? The results. He needs to improve upon the results. A couple weeks ago, he was... 19 and he was 17 and 17, 500. Now he's 19 and 17. Just because you like him doesn't mean you can ignore the results, right? And then number three, assistant hires. Going into last week's game against Vanderbilt, Shane Beamer, his defensive coordinator, Clayton White, had had produced a defense that was 118th in America. 118th in the nation, my friends. Okay, Um, not going to get her done. Not going to get her done. Now, much better last week. You got a demoralized Kentucky coming into town. You've got a rejuvenated South Carolina playing at home in front of the home crowd. Alabama just threw the ball all over Kentucky a week ago. The spread of that Alabama game, by the way, was only, um, what was it, 10 and a half points? And Kentucky was never in the game. You know, so Kentucky was thought to be an upper echelon SEC team, right, or in the top half, and they showed themselves in that game to be a bottom half team. And if they're feeling down on themselves, going to South Carolina, yeah, when everything was clicking earlier in the year and when South Carolina wasn't, boy, Kentucky was much better on both lines. We'll see what it looks like on Saturday. I have a hunch that the wrong team just might be favored in that game. Kentucky is a narrow favorite. But for you guys, what do you make of it, okay? Uh, I posted the graphic. It's on my Twitter page, what Beamer is doing well and where he needs to improve. 
Doing well is culture building, recruiting, and getting the fan base buy-in. Needs to improve upon acting like a CEO. Results and his assistant hires, staff hires. Really bad. Really bad on the assistant hires uh, front. Is that fair, Gamecock fans? Am I coming at this from a fair place or an unfair place? You tell me. 71307 is the text line where you can get to us on the carpro.com text line. Uh, we welcome your thoughts. Uh, let's see here. Mark, I remember when you said that you and Diesel ran into Dabo and he'd never saw you before and he wasn't a jerk from what I remember. No, not at all. He, he could tell we were lost and he was trying to help us be found. You know, uh, let's see here. Texter says, I'm highly concerned the defense performs well the next few weeks and we end up keeping white. I'm torn, um, the texter insinuates, between wanting the defense to play well and you keep the D.C. or wanting the defense to play poorly. Uh, texter says, next time Beamer and the Gamecocks go to a bowl, the name should be the Dr. Scholes Bowl. Scholes. Dr. Scholes Bowl, but, you know, because of his foot. Yeah. Dr. Schultz. Uh, all right. Coming up next on the show, we flip the script to the Carolina Panthers. Ugh. Diesel, it's not just that they lose. It's that C.J. Stroud goes on the road and beats a Super Bowl contender in the Cincinnati Bengals. I caramba. What is going on in Carolina? That's next here on Offsides. We are the Fan Upstate. Joining us right now, fresh off an East Carolina victory, is the voice of the East Carolina Pirates, but most importantly, the color analyst of the Carolina Panthers, our friend Jim Zoki, joins us right now on the show. Always do appreciate the time, Jim. So um, I heard, Frank, like sometimes I think coaches are placed in really tough positions in terms of questions the media asks Last week, Robert Sala was saying, well, if Zach, was asked if Zach Wilson is playing so bad, why don't you play Simeon? Why don't, why don't you play, play the backup or somebody else? And Robert Sala didn't have an answer, didn't know what to say. Uh, he said he's going to plead the fifth. Today, Frank Reich said in his presser, Jim, you know, we have all of the pieces we need to win. Uh, Jim, I'm not trying to put you in a tough spot, but I'm watching this team, and I, I, I sense the opposite of that. I think they, they don't have nearly the pieces they need to win. What say you? I think, you know, for one thing, they, the pieces that they have are what the, they have. <laughs> so I think you have to, you have to say that uh, regardless because, they're, you know, trade deadline has passed unless you're going to make a deal in which you give someone some huge contract is the only way to get around that fact. And so I think, you know, this is, you know these are the guys they're, they're going to go with. They're the guys they brought in when the season began, by and large, when you look across the, the offense skill positions because – I think we all agree the defense has held up well, especially with the injuries. But when you look at the offensive side, I mean, the, these are all the new players. I mean, at, at running back, at tight end, at receiver, at quarterback. Um, so these, these these are not like some guys who, in the most cases, been here three, four years. These have all been here, you know, six months. Um, so I think the, these are the guys. And when you get to the next off season, you can address it differently. But as far as these remaining eight games go, I mean, that, he's right. That's what they've got. Uh, Jim, obviously against uh, Chicago last week, we saw rock bottom offensively for the Carolina Panthers. And, you know, it, it's hard to say rock bottom because it wasn't that much worse than what we've typically gotten all season long. I mean, we've typically seen right at 13 points, a touchdown and a couple of field goals. And 
The touchdown didn't come offensively for the Panthers this week. Uh, can, can can you offer any explanation as to just what 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 did Chicago do to shut the Panthers down when when they, what didn't take much to shut them down? I just felt like you know they're pretty much every game you know Bryce is under a certain amount of duress. I felt like he was constantly under duress in this last game. I want to say Montez Sweat had eight quarterback pressures in that game by himself. Uh, and uh, he's only been there for two weeks. Obviously, he's a good football player wherever you put him, but he's, he's even new to that system. They just don't seem to have the answers with what they're doing along the offensive line, whether that's you know how they're blocking or who's in there blocking and as far as personnel, but uh, it's it's not worked all year. And I think this was probably the most obvious case of that. And I'll be honest, I mean, I've, I've seen times where Bryce, when given just some amount of time, can make really good reads and be accurate and make good decisions. He's not being given that, so I'm not absolving uh, everything Bryce. But what I'm saying is, man, if he had time, I, I, I don't think we can really see what the real Bryce looks like. And, again, if he had guys that were here like D.J. Moore and Christian McCaffrey from the past, that, that certainly helped out you know, past guys like, say, Teddy Bridgewater or somebody like that to have weapons uh, of that level, which, um, you know, again, they don't have an MVP candidate like Christian McCaffrey on this team. So I think to me, you know, as far as kind of putting it in a vacuum, uh, you can't really do it because it's a team sport, but I think it begins up front, uh, whatever the reason is for that, if they have to change what they're doing in terms of how they're running the offense up front or whatever the case may be, it's hard to get a good grade on Bryce. But to answer your question, I, I thought he was under the most duress that he's been all year, and, and he re- even then had to run the ball a couple times just to get some yardage. Jim Zoki joining us. Um, Jim, I, I, I'm fascinated by the fact that uh, NFL fans – uh, it's the one sport where fans don't allow you to grow, don't allow you to build. You're supposed to be great every single year in in college football. East Carolina's building something. You know, the fan base in South Carolina is giving Shane Beamer time to build something. But in the NFL, it's all woe is me when, when the team is is really struggling. And I can't imagine what the Houston Texans are doing is is helping matters much. When you talk to friends and family about what Houston is doing relative to Carolina, C.J. Stroud, relative to Bryce Young, how do you address that, approach that? Well, it's easier when you're Houston because they're seeing success right away. Um, so, I mean, C.J. Stroud has, has, has been talked about this weekend as an MVP candidate in this league. So the comparison is there. Um, it doesn't really help your team if you're, you know, a, a team that doesn't have C.J. Stroud. All you can do is you know, look at it from a distance and, and see what he's done, which is amazing. 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's also had a dinged-up offensive line. He's working behind. But they do have some you know, young, talented guys in that offense. may not be the biggest names that people were aware of, but they're becoming big names uh, because they are putting it all together. But I'd still give C.J. Stroud and what they're doing uh, schematically with him, uh, coaching-wise and all that, to put him in good positions to succeed. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, his growth has been, has been quick, uh, and it's really been, uh, in some ways, among the better rookie performances at that position in league history, uh, in, especially in recent history. Now, for Bryce, it doesn't mean that Bryce can't become a very good quarterback. It's just like it's not happened through the first nine games to that degree. And uh, so it's a little bit hard to compare. You know, What would it be like if one quarterback was on this team and you swap them out for another team? Would it be the same result? I don't know. Uh, but there's no denying just how fantastic, honestly, C.J. Stroud has been up to this point. Jim, uh, what can you tell us internally – the conversations that may have been had in and around uh, the water coolers in the building about the March on Mint Street uh, and the, the conversation that, that fans were going to march. Now, I'm, I'm looking at a lot of photos online, and I assume these are all 
fakes. I don't know what actually happened, if anyone showed up. But but did the fact that some fans were organizing something like this reach higher levels of, of Panthers brass? I mean, to, honestly, the way you, the, you phrase your question, I have no answer for you because I wasn't here. I mean, I was out of town for the weekend with uh, the ECU game, and then um, I don't know water cooler talk that happens there. I'm contract laborer, so I don't know what the higher-ups were thinking and talking about. All I know is somebody posted something on social media, and it looked like it was met by probably dozens of people that uh, said they might go, which is takes nothing more than liking a tweet, and then nothing came of it. So I, I wouldn't even give it the gravity or weight of anything. I don't even know the people that were – trying to put something out there to create something. So to me, it's a, it's a non-story. You know, what would be a story, uh, and I look at this as a tremendous opportunity, Jim, you got, you got Dallas coming down this weekend. Uh, most popular brand in the NFL, the one that tries to claim America's team, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, it's they're ripe for the picking in terms of perhaps an upset. They're ripe for the picking in terms of, you know, they, they lay some eggs every once in a while. Um, it's hard for me to pinpoint what's missing from Dallas because you look at the personnel and you say to yourself, how is this not a Super Bowl contender? Great defense, wonderful offensive line, skill position talent. How does Carolina attack that team? I think, you know, what they have to do, first of all, is is not beat themselves. And you know, for the Panthers, uh, I think they just, you know, they need to you know not even think about who the opponent is so much. I mean, you're going to do – obviously a regular game planning week and, and go through all that. But yeah, with Dallas, obviously that right now they're hitting on all cylinders as far as what we just saw this past weekend in terms of putting up points was phenomenal, putting up 49 points. So, you know, right away uh, to Diesel's point earlier, you can't score 10, 13 points and expect to win against the Dallas Cowboys with what they're rolling with right now. So obviously Dak is back and playing well. There were times in his career he's not played as well. I mean, their only recent losses were to San Francisco and Philadelphia and that Niners game was kind of a, a blip because that was the only blowout loss. They played competitive against Philadelphia, and they've beaten everybody else, and they put a pretty good points along the way. They're just well-rounded on offense. Obviously, they've got great wide receivers with C.D. Lamb and the guys they've got there. They can run the ball well. Dak has been sharp right now. Um, but I just think, you know, for the, for the Panthers, they've got to play all those things. Penalties have to be very minimal. You can't turn the ball over. Try to – they do at times when the Panthers move the ball, eat some clock because, hate to say, they're not a quick strike team. So sometimes when they get it, they, they can put together a 15-play drive. This would not be the worst week to have some of those because it keeps that offense on the sideline. So anything you can do to control time of possession, shorten the game, get to the fourth quarter, uh, and not give Dallas more opportunities, don't give them the big explosive plays. It's a positive news, and we just, we'll see when he actually returns on a Sunday. Uh, but it looks like J.C. Horn is going to be out of the IR uh, and into his window now for practice. You know Whether he's ready for this game, don't know. They don't have to activate him on a Sunday this soon. But uh, should he be available, obviously that just adds uh, another great uh, defensive player. And you've gotten back Von Bell, Xavier Woods in recent weeks. So things like that against a team like Dallas, having a really stout secondary. If you get Brian Burns out of concussion protocol, C.J. Anderson out of concussion protocol, you can at least limit the score and keep that down because they do play very well, I think the Panthers do. On defense, I think they've actually done above and beyond in terms of trying to keep the team competitive. Jim Zoki, color analyst, Carolina Panthers. Follow him on Twitter at the same name, J-I-M-S-Z-O-K-E. Jim, thanks so much. Have an awesome week. All right, guys. Thank you. Jim Zoki, my friends, coming up next on the show. Who are the most unlikable personalities in all of college football? We'll tackle that with you. 
when Offsides consider- continues right after this. We are the Fan Upstate. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 